T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Halfway home on the John Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios Monday night with you. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Excuse me. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow me at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. We'll get to That's Life in about 20 minutes. From right now, um, 9.40, we're also going to take your phone calls about the Nate McMillan situation. So if you didn't get in earlier and uh, you're kind of a later listener, you can uh, jump on at 9.40 with us. You know, I brought this stat up earlier about the Atlanta Hawks. And for whatever reason, I can't wrap my arms around this stat. This is from StatMuse. And they do... They do good work when it comes to professional leagues and looking at the analytics and sabermetrics and all the next-gen stat things or whatever like that. They talk about the best defensive rating by a five-man lineup this season that has played together for a minimum of 300 minutes. So the best defensive rating by a five-man lineup in the NBA this season Minimum 300 minutes played is Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Clint Capella. Now, uh, and our buddy Brad Rowland, who we talked to earlier in the show, he put some context on it. There are 14 five-man lineups in the NBA that have played at least 300 minutes together. So if you're looking for, you know, uh, KD, Kyrie, you know, Ben Simmons, those aren't teams, right? Those aren't five-man lineups that play together for 300 minutes. But it doesn't feel like that. And offensively, they are a really good starting five. You know, we've talked about this, that their starting five can play with anybody. You know, when you get to the bench and you get to the depth and different things like that, and then you start taking away pieces because of injury – That's where the Hawks get themselves in trouble. But for a starting five in the NBA, they can hang and play with anybody. But it doesn't feel like that this would be the team that you look at and say, well, that team's got the best defensive rating when those five guys are on the court. It doesn't feel that way. And again, maybe it's because of 
the last couple of games that the Hawks played, 144 games to a dreadful Charlotte Hornets team that was second to last in offensive efficiency, maybe because of the then 122 that they followed up giving up to the Knicks on their home court in, in you know State, State Farm, they gave up 122 points and couldn't stop anybody. And, and there's been... There's been so many moments where you point to some of the things and it usually goes back to defense, right? It goes back to their defensive effort. And their defensive effort hasn't been there at times. And it's funny because one of the reasons that I've said that DeJounte Murray is the MVP of this team is because of the fact that He's their best two-way player. There's no question about that. He's their best two-way player right now. And he'll be he'll be their best two-way player the rest of this year. He'll be their best two-way player next year. And hopefully they can find a way to sign him. And he'll be their best two-way player moving forward. He's not their best player. That's still Trey Young. Not their best scorer or their best player. That's Trey Young. But he's their best two-way player. And Clint Capella, you know, and I talked about this earlier in the year that, you know, we had the promo playing that the guy argued with me about their defensive, you know, uh, their their lack of defense. And I said, wait a second. They've been better year-over-year three-point defense, better year-over-year scoring defense, better year-over-year field goal percentage. They've been better in the metrics. And and then I started rattling off the metrics about where Clint Capella is, where DeJounte Murray was, where John Collins was from a defensive efficiency standpoint. So there are signs that point to, okay, um, that that there are signs that point to that they are better defensively. But in a million years, I would not have said that by any means – and I understand it's a 14-team sample size, so you got to factor that in. But still, even with 14 teams, I don't care what the 14 teams are, the fact that they have the best defensive rating by a starting five in the NBA, is it's just hard to wrap my arms around that because we see it so many times that this team gives up threes, gives up too many points. Now, like I said, maybe because of the last two games that we saw with Charlotte and with New York, and it's 266 points, you don't say, well, that was a good defensive effort by him. But, you know, you start with the Houston game, right? Start with game number one of the season. They did a pretty good job on Houston. Now, look, Houston's a dreadful team. Houston is without question the worst team in the entirety of the NBA. But guess what? They all count. Every game counts. So it's just frustrating that at times when this team, it looks like it needs to stop. It looks like it needs to, you know, stop letting teams make threes. It just hasn't been there. And and I think a lot of that, and I'm going to be honest, you know, I, I think people I think people gravitate toward the defensive efficiencies that Trey Young doesn't have. But, you know, again, 
what was it? Um, oh, man. Uh, was it Charlotte or the Knicks game that uh, he was like our defensive player of the game or something like that uh, on the um, – oh, uh, man. I, I, it was the game he had a bunch of steals. Just kind of – he was jumping in. He had act, He's active hands. What was it? Was it's it the effort maybe, thing. maybe it was the New Orleans game. Maybe, maybe it was New Orleans before okay. we came back. Maybe I, I forget one of those games, you know, here recently. Yes, he's got he's got quick active hands and all that, but he's not going to man up and de- defend somebody. But you put him in that group of guys. Collins has been a better defensive player. You know, again, Hunter has had a defensive rating that is only, you know, is the only guy that's lower than DeAndre Hunter is Trey Young. I mean, just when you look at the totality, or, or you look at the individual pieces. Let let's put it like that. When you look at the individual pieces, that. Hunter hasn't had the best defensive year. Trey Young is by no means a, a really good defensive player. Capella is your highest-rated defensive player. He's got the highest defensive rating on the team. That's not a surprise. He's a rim protector, and he's a really good rebounder. And then DeJounte Murray is a really good defensive player. But just the idea of that starting five is the best in the NBA – it doesn't feel like that. And and maybe that's, you know, again, maybe we're too close to the situation. You know, maybe we look at all the warts and the flaws and things like that. Because offensively, they are a really good starting five. When you look at their offensive efficiency, when they've got those guys, and Brad brought this up, they're 19 and 11 when those, guys, when those five guys are together. Right? They're 19 and 11. That's a... Really good record. You, you take 19 and 11 over uh, an 82-game stretch all day long. That, that would put you probably top four when you extrapolate out, you know, being 19 and 11 over an 82-game season. And they are a really good offensive team. Look, even though that they scored or, or even though they gave up 144 points, what they score in that game? What, what, what was it, uh, 130, 130-something against Charlotte in the Charlotte game? 138 points. Yeah, 138. I think that they are, aren't they one of the only teams to score 135 or more points and lose both games or something like that? So I actually tweeted about this too. Uh-huh. Um, so I sent this out right after the Charlotte game. They are, so the NBA at the time was something like 45 and three in games where, in, in games where a team scores 138 points or more. Right. One of those lo- one of those teams with the loss uh, was the San Antonio Spurs, and they are probably the worst team in the NBA this year. Yeah, the or other Houston. two losses. Yeah. The other two losses are the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. So uh, look, offensive efficiency, they score a ton of points, but they give up a crap ton of points for it all, and that's why I say when that stat when that when that pops up, it's like, okay, how do we how do we how do we make all this? And I would be interested to see what the other fourteen five-man lineups in the NBA that have that number above them. Because, again, it's it's not like it's only two teams, but it's not the whole league by any stretch. But that stat just, it kind of blows my mind. And, look, the Hawks have got to get better defensively. I, I, I know what the number says on there, but this team needs to be a shot, needs a shot in the arm defensively. And... <laughs> Too many nights where it feels like that we don't play enough defense. We don't have the ability to stop anybody. Too many of those nights. 
And that's got to be the thing that changes. And and they, you know, according to what uh, I think Woj tweeted out, that the Hawks are looking at trying to be, you know, that they want to try to get themselves in the top 10 in scoring, top 10 in defensive efficiency. You know, they, they want to be that direction and that route. Well, it doesn't seem like it's happening right now. But going back to Nate, Nate McMillan, um, I'm just surprised that, you know, with 23 games left to go in the season, and maybe they look at these things and they say, okay, if we get if we have all of these guys, if, if we have this team healthy and this starting five, and we've added a little bit to our bench, we've gotten a little bit deeper, more flexible in our bench. We haven't had a lot of great pieces, but, you know, we've added a piece or two here or there that they can make a run because their starting five has been good all year long. It's been a good offensive team all year long. And now we're seeing that there's some numbers that back up the idea that they've been, you know, at least good or at least middle of the pack defensively. So, and that's why I think that, that that's why I think that they are not looking at throwing away this season. Because you only get so many of these chances, right? And you only have DeJounte Murray for one more year. And if they're going to make some chances, and look, if this thing tanks, if if this thing goes sideways, and they are, I, I don't know, pick a pick a number, seven and sixteen over these last twenty three games, and they find themselves out of the playoffs, not even in the play in tournament, then that'll give them ammunition to blow this thing up. But while they have Bogey, while they have Dejounte Murray, while they have Sadiq Bay. While they have some of these pieces in place, hey, let's go make a run at it. And I think that's the driving force of just the fact that they don't want to throw away this season, the fact that they still want to be relevant this season. This is going to be a fascinating 23 games, and it'll go quick. It won't last very long. And, you know, again, we talked about the schedule. You know, I was, I said on my podcast this morning before all this happened, if they could be 13 and 10 with the way that this team has played, I'd take 13 and 10 over the last 23 games. Yeah, they've got the majority of games at home, but Brooklyn, Cleveland, Washington, you know, Boston, you know, those are not easy games. So we'll see what this 23 games looks like, but um, we'll be on Friday after the uh, the Hawks take on the Cavs, and we'll see what the what game one of the new era of the. Uh, What's his name? Joe uh, Joe Prunty era looks like for the Atlanta Hawks. All right, coming up, that's life. Can I tell you that Joel Osteen got paid? Plus our top ten as well. Chuck Green, Kia Studios. Sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Radio 929 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with the John Chuckery Show. 921, live from the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can hit me up at JMCH316. Get to our top ten here in just a few minutes. So, and take this for for what you will, but um, there was a tweet recently put out by, um, oh, uh, I, I don't know who this guy is, to be honest with you, but he put out a tweet that, and I'll only read the first part of it because there's a dispute on the, second part of it, but Pastor Joel Osteen. You know who Joel Osteen is? Oh, yeah. Okay. He gave himself an annual salary of $54 million (laughs) from his church profits. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that number is exactly right. Um, I know he lives pretty extravagantly. Doesn't he have a private plane? Yeah, and, you know, he's got He's why, got does a, this, why does a pastor need a private plane? Well, he's got this huge compound. You, you know, his. Uh. You know, he's got the largest congregation in the United States of America for a church. You know, and his his church. Well, he's a sermon in a football stadium. Well, no, it's the summit. It's it's the old Houston summit where the Rockets played basketball. So he, that that place that's the home of his church. And you know, look. There were stories about when they had the flooding in Houston. Mm-hmm. He didn't open up his church to uh, allow people came in. Through. Yeah, or the hurricane. Yes, yeah. the hurricane. Now there's flooding in Houston, and he didn't open up his church for people to get out of all the flooding and everything like that. Th- this is this is my my problem with uh, Joe Osteen is that he's more motivational speaker than biblical preacher. And, and a lot of Southern Baptist preachers have had an issue with that because, you know, it's not the fire and brimstone that, hey, if you don't do this, this, and this, you're going to heaven, you're going to hell, whatever. It's more motivational speaking. You can do it. Hey, the world is yours. Hey, you can get rich. I mean, you can, you know, if you pursue your dreams and riches, I mean, it's more that kind of thing than it is pure biblical teaching and things like that. And, it feels and like I, somebody's going to be selling like a pyramid scheme or something. That's what I always get from him. Yeah, I it's mean, kind of a sleazeball. Yes, I mean, you know, he's. I, I won't call him that, but uh, I mean, it. that's that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Uh, again, fifty-four million is probably a bit rich, but he does live a pretty extravagant lifestyle. And if you've if you've seen his mansion and everything else, he certainly doesn't live like a a pauper. Um, by no means, does he? All right. How about this story? So there is a an order from the U.S. Forest Service to begin killing 150 feral cattle. That just wild cattle 
that is in a protected backcountry area of New Mexico. So they say that th- this is the uh, the Gila, I guess, as it, I, I guess it's either Gila or Gila National Forest area. That there are these feral cows that supposedly somebody had released in the 1970s, and now they just kind of run wild. I mean, they're they're like native to this area, and the farmers are complaining that, you know, they get into they they destroy property, they destroy. They're aggressive toward humans and and everything else. So they're going to start killing these 150 cattle. They're going to they're they're literally going to fly helicopters in and pick them off as as they see them. It says they quote pose a significant threat to public safety and natural resources. So this is going to go now. Obviously, PETA is all up in arms about uh, all of this. Um, but they say about 100 feral cows live in the wilderness area of the Gila or Gila National Forest and is working with the USDA Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service to remove most of them in the most humane and efficient way. But they're probably going to have to just shoot them at the end of the day. And they said that they're aggressive toward people. They graze year round and trample uh, stream banks. They cause erosion, sedimentation, all kinds of different things. And they say that the results of if they don't have these cows would be instantaneous because they're not trampling on, you know, waterway areas and different things like that. Um, They're going to shoot them and then just leave the carcasses just just to rot and things like that. And there are and there is other wildlife and different things like that. But you can imagine that. People are all up in arms about the idea of shooting 150 feral cattle um, as there's a kill order for them. Well, this is very similar to what happened, like, I don't know, it was Yellowstone or somewhere where they came and dropped in wolves. And when you drop in, because there was just like an overpopulation of, of just animals right. like this. Right. And they don't have anything that's hunting them or, or kind of evening out their population. Right. And they immediately saw just an incredible boon in the, in the just in the, like yeah, the I've, greenery I've, and everything else. Yes, I, I, same you, thing. You've watched that same video. Uh, oh, it was like something that I saw. Yes, I don't know where yeah, I saw it's it. A, it's a video that, that's going around online and things like that. So, yeah, it's, yes. it, it's made the rounds many times. Yeah. I think actually I learned about it in biology class, actually. Well, well there, there's a kill order for these 150 cattle, and they're going to fly helicopters in and just pick them off at, uh, at random. Um, the... Um, the list of legal challenges from the New Mexico Cattle Growing and Humane Farming Associations. They're they're trying to file a lawsuit to stop the aerial shooting plan. Um, Wednesday is a hearing that is going to, so tomorrow there's going to be a hearing that takes place to see if this all goes through. But if the government prevails, the aerial shooting of the animals will take place from a helicopter Thursday through Sunday. So if you're in the area just and you see the helicopters floating around, that's what they're doing. They're trying to shoot all the cattle. So there you go. All right. R.I.P. to Richard Belzer. Hey, let me ask you. Do you know who Richard Belzer? Okay. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. Um, so Richard Belzer was made famous by the WWE because he used to have a talk. So do you watch the show Law and Order? Oh, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's okay. the silver haired guy yeah. with the sunglasses he's a comi- on. He's funny. He's funny a comedian. Yeah. He's a funny guy. But his association with the WWF at the time, before WrestleMania 1, when Mr. T and Hulk Hogan 
were on a PR tour. They were on the Richard Belzer show. He had his own talk show at night. They were on his talk show. Well, the famous incident where Hulk Hogan was trying to show Richard some moves and stuff like that, and he front face locked Richard Belzer. Now, when you front face lock somebody, okay, you don't have to apply much pressure. But if your heartbeat is racing, you're going to pass out pretty quickly. Well, he was probably all coked up, you know, snorting lines left and right, because that's what guys did in the 80s, all coked up, and he just passed out within seconds. And Hogan went to let him go, and when I say that you are passed out, you are passed out. He dropped him, and he busted the back of his head open. Richard Belzer did. Busted his head open. And he sued the WWF. In fact... The money that he got, (laughs) he bought a home in Spain, I believe it was, that he called Shea Hogan. So there you go. So (laughs) R.I.P. to Richard Belzer. Funny guy. You know him from... You know him from Law and Order and all that stuff. But See, that's where I knew him from. I didn't know he was yes. a comedian. I knew when I watched yes. him, he was kind of funny. He is very. But funny. Then I was like, "Ooh, comedian in Law and Order." I just knew him from Law and Order. Yep, very funny. So, uh, but that's his that's his tie into the wrestling world uh, with everything. All right. So today is Fat Tuesday, and tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. So tomorrow is the first day of Lent, and. I asked you, Garrett, I said, do you know what Lent is? Oh, yes, sir. Okay. All right. So so for 40 days and whatever, 40 nights, you have to give up something, right? You have to until Easter. Yeah. So Ash Wednesday is the start. Easter Sunday is the end of it where you give up something of note or merit in your life that you give up for Lent. My grandpa, my grandpa and grandma, they were Catholics. Grandma always gave up sweets and chocolates and Things like that, and I don't even know what my grandpa gave up, but, but I know my grandma always gave up sweets and stuff like that. So with that, tonight's top ten list, the top ten things you would give up for Lent. Garrett, the floor is yours. John, I, I figured I'd come in with an honorable mention. Uh-huh. Any tithe to Joel Olstein's church. Uh-huh. $50 million, I think, is, is plenty fine for, uh, <laughs> for, for, uh, for what we talked about a little just a minute ago. Uh, number ten, road rage. Any kind of road rage in this city? I mean, it's it's hard. Uh, that's on my list. Uh, yeah. And 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 I didn't say road rage. Right? I didn't say road rage. Too. But I said hating on other drivers. Yeah, there you go. W- wishing ill will toward every other driver that's on the road. Yeah, in this city, it takes years off your life. Yes. Number nine, fast food. Oh, okay, that's a good one. I love fast food. Okay, that's a good Man, one. It's so good. We have there's a cookout right down the street from yes. me. Yes, down on Moreland. Ooh, that that let me tell you, so good. The barbecue plate at Cookout is the most underrated item on their menu. Anything, just about anything yeah, there is good. But I'm the, telling the, you, you get the chicken quesadilla from there, listen, chicken ranch you, wraps. You, you get that Ooh. barbecue plate for like three, four, or five bucks, whatever it is. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. So it's not, it, it's an FCC violation if I do it here, but I do it probably too much off the air, and that's swearing. Yeah, I, I can't give up swearing for 30, 40 days Thir- or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I might last twelve hours. Yeah, maybe. I, there's, there's, there's no way I could give myself. I, I could, I could swear off swearing. Speaking of something, I probably couldn't swear off booze. It's um, a long time. That's on my list because that actually would be pretty easy because I haven't drank in months, and certainly with my stroke and everything like that, mm-hmm. I haven't had a drop of alcohol. I mean, let me put it this way: it's probably I, good for you. I too. don't even know the last time I had alcohol. 
but certainly not since December 15th. So, and that's more than 40 days, right? That's probably, yeah, I'd say so. That's yeah, two months. I mean, yeah. it's right about, yeah. But, I mean, I'm mid-20s. I guess late 20s now? Yeah. Dang. Oh, listen, I, I, I drank enough for you, for everybody at the <laughs> station. I, I, it's not that I don't like drinking. It's oh, just I that I don't, I don't really drink all that much nowadays. Makes sense. And I don't drink in front of my daughter or anything like that. So Yeah. Number six is excuses. Hmm, Making okay. excuses for something. Okay. Number five is coffee. Oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah, See, I can't. But yeah. the thing is, it's supposed to be difficult, you know? Yeah. It's supposed but, to be hard. But, again, that would be impossible. There, there's no chance on this earth that I could give up coffee. <laughs> I drink, I, I drink I, so I would, much coffee. I would, I would rather just, I would rather just be put in a coma and just be dead. So, <laughs> I effectively have like a baseline of two, three cups of coffee a day. I drink a pot of coffee yeah, a day. It's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Number four is NFL mock drafts. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done, I've done two in here since, uh, since the show's been going. I just do them just for fun, just looking at them. But, but it's like at the, at the same time, it's like. No one knows anything until you get to about Easter no. anyway. No. None of it matters. I mean, you, you even had the NFL Combine, and I'm here sitting here doing mock drafts as if this board is going to be what it's going to look like. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I that's, that's Fun. what we do, though, as football fans. Oh, I, mean, I know. I mean, I, you and Mike Bell, I mean, the king of the mocks. <laughs> Might as well familiarize ourselves with the, some of mm-hmm. these players. Number three is red meat. Red meat, like steak, burger, anything. I, I've actually, uh, well, no, I don't have that on my list, but I, oh, no, yes, I do. I have steak. I have steak on my list. Not not Shapiro, but I have steak <laughs> on my list. Number two is social media, specifically Twitter or TikTok. Um, TikTok's a that is yeah. A, I've just. I've got I've got a tweak on that one, but I'm okay. sort of close with you. And number one, complaining about the Hawks coaching staff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least till Easter. All right, um, I've got hating on other drivers. Uh, I've got alcohol as well on my list. I've got steak, not Shapiro, but I've got steak on my list. Um, sweets. And, in fact, I'm not doing any sugar. I haven't done sugar this year. Um, See, I, I'm not a sweets guy. Yeah. I, I'm just not I, a sweets guy. I don't. I don't. I, I've, avo- I've avoided sugar all altogether. Um, cigars. Ooh. Um, that's another thing. Of course, I'm not smoking since I've been, you know, in the yeah. hospital. Um, sodas. And I, I've sworn off sodas for the last couple few months. Yeah. Um, just trying to live better lifestyle and everything like that. The only time I ever have a soda, I think, is if I'm like at a going out to eat. If I'm not having a beer yeah. or something, and, right. or a water, I'm like a soda's fine. I'm, I, I'll have one soda, and that's about it. Well, that's I can't really stomach more than that. For you millennials, it's that's kind of the the thing is, you guys aren't the soda drinking crowd per se. I mean, the, that, that's us drink that's, sodas, man. Yeah, that that's, we drink plenty of soda. I, I, I think I think that's an older people thing, but yeah, I guess yeah. Um, arguing we like our on kombucha. Twitter. <laughs> Ar- Ar- yeah, arguing on Twitter um, with all the knuckleheads that that are out there. So that's uh, too one many on my list. Um, ignoring my health. So I am dedicated now. I, listen, I've got enough pills and tablets to kill a farm animal. So I could <laughs> listen. If I gave the if I gave those cows my my medication list, I mean they die. Might be coming after. Yeah, you. like they they just collapse and, and spill over. Um, fighting with my ex wife. That 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 may be the hardest thing on this entire list. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the hardest thing on this entire list. And the last thing is. Um, Hitting the snooze button repeatedly. Because oh, that's a my, good one. My, that's a good one. My alarm goes off at six o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. but I hit it for I hit it at six. I hit it at six fifteen. I hit it at six thirty. I hit it at six forty five. You know, so like I'll hit my snooze button. I don't have to get up at six o'clock in the morning, but I should just like set the time for when I want to get up. But I just I like to lay in bed and just 
kind of just like it's like, like you're stealing an extra 30 minutes of sleep. Yeah, you know? just I I like to just kind of like veg in a in just a kind of state where I'm not falling asleep, but I'm not getting up and doing anything like that. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Period. Uh, we'll hear from you at 404-741-0929. When we come back, you can jump on the phone lines and give us your reaction to Nate McMillan and uh, obviously the firing of Nate McMillan, where the Hawks go from here. We'll talk about that next, and we'll take your phone calls. Chuck Green, Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, <clears throat> excuse me, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with the John Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios. 404-741-0929. That is both our phone line, we're taking your calls, and the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be on the show. Taking your phone calls in this segment here uh, for the late night crew, talking about Nate McMillan, obviously, he was fired earlier today, and uh, now they've moved on to Joe Purdy. Or what was it? Joe Prunty. Joe Prunty is the interim head coach, and we'll see what happens. Hawks back in action coming up on Friday night. So 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 tip for that. We will be on after the game. So that will be maybe wild and wooly as to what happens. And um, I'm sure there won't be any overreaction to what happens with the Hawks win, lose, or draw, or whatever like that. There won't be won't be any kind of overreaction to anything. So, anyway, 404-741-0929. Let's grab Owen. What's going on, Owen? Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I'm a season ticket holder. Um, man, it ain't been fun going to them games, as I called in one time before, but um, something needed to be done because, obviously, the guys, they – when listening to um, Nate, and I hate to see him gone, but you got old school and new school, and old school, new school players ain't listening to old school coaches no more. They're getting them fired. But I'm I'm still scared about our front office, um, who we, what coach we're going to bring in here, because Trey ain't listening to nobody except for his dad. His dad would probably need to be the coach, but that's not going to happen, but Whoever comes in here, is Trey going to get a chance? Does he get to say who he wants to coach him? Because he does, he's not listening to nobody. And whether he says he want to be the leader or not of this team, he's making the most money, and everybody's looking at him and what he says and how he's playing. He needs to go on and get his mind right and stop being immature. Because he's killing everything in the organization. He's killing his teammates. He's killing the fan base here that likes him. I don't dislike the guy. I love him to death. But at the same time, we're going to give him praise. We're going to give him criticism, too. So he might as well get used to that. Well, if he's going to stay here and be our leader, he needs to start acting like one. And I do think it's interesting because I, I, I definitely think that Trey will have some influence on all of it. But I do believe that this is going to be a Tony wrestler hire. And when I say that, yes, he's the owner of the team, right? But I think Tony wrestler wants to make a splash. Now, whether that's the right coach, whether that's what's best for Trey, whether that's what's best for the organization, I'm not saying that he doesn't think, you know, whoever he hires is best for the organization. 
But there has to be, I think, a splash and a sexiness to it that this guy is going to be a big-time hire. Now, maybe it's Quinn Snyder, whatever. I mean, whoever whoever that name is, right? But I, I do think that Tony Ressler is looking for that wow factor. And, and I hate to say it this way, but winning the press conference. Uh, Jay Money, what's going on, Jay Money? Hey, man, like I said, this starts at the top. Tony Ressler is becoming uh, – the Dallas Cowboy owner. He doesn't know what he's doing. Travis Sweet had assembled a championship team. You had Tony Snell shot 56.9% for three-point line in the 2021 season. You had Gallinari. You had Lemon Pepper Lou. And then you disassembled the team the next year. Man, pay the luxury tax and win a championship. What is wrong with you, dude? You just called it, this is a mediocre squad. That's why they're a mediocre team. Travis well, Lee has them on the NBA championship team. But but here's what I'll say though, to that. Here's what I'll say to that, though, about the luxury tax. Look, they they weren't a very good team last year. And, and they had Gallinari and those guys last year. Like they they weren't they weren't a good franchise. And I think Tony Wrestler's looking at it that again, he said we'll go in the luxury tax if it makes sense. And right now, it's not made sense. Now, look, they've definitely taken a step backward, but they weren't a very good team last year. Like, they didn't – What they, did they finish ninth? I think they finished ninth in the, in the Eastern Conference, right? Because they, the, they had to win two play-in games, right? So they weren't the 10th seed, but they were the ninth seed. Yeah, they had the home game against yes, Charlotte, Charlotte against Char- and then yeah. they had the away right. game against Cleveland. Right, in Cleveland, yeah, because that, that you have to win two games when you're the 9-10 seed. you got to win two games. So – they weren't a very good squad last year. They they haven't built anything coming off that Eastern Conference Finals when you look at it. I mean, it's it's just unfortunately it's just what this team has been. And like I said, and I've been saying this, you know, all show long, nobody has clean hands in this thing. No, nobody's hands are clean and neat and sanitized and everything. There's blame to go everywhere. It's Nate, it's Trey, it's John Collins, it's DeAndre Hunter, it's the front office, it's the owner. You know, there's plenty of blame to go around with everybody. And that's the thing. And we try to, like, pigeonhole everything that we can into one nice, neat little box and say, it's this person's fault, right? Like, we try to just... We try to make it as easy as we can to just say, okay, we're, we're staying in this narrow lane and it's this person's fault or it's that person's fault and that's the reason why. In this situation, it's everybody's fault. It's not just Trey. It's not just Nate. It's not just DeAndre Hunter. It's not just John Collins. It's not just the owner. It's not just the general managers. It's everybody in this equation. And that's why it's not adding up because they have a good starting five. They have a very good offensive efficient starting five. And as I read you the stat, when they play together, they're really good. They were 19 and 11 in the games that they've played with their starting five. That's a good record. But everything else It's not all Nate's fault. It's not all Trey's fault. It's not all John Collins' fault. 
But there's plenty of blame to go around to everybody for all of it. All right, let's grab Brandon. What's going on, Brandon? Not much, John, man. Love yourself. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to understand how these, like, some of these guys in Atlanta, how they built up this equity within the organization where they're getting coaches fired. Like, what have you done substantial enough where now you're dictating coaches getting hired and fired? Like, we haven't been to the conference finals in three years. Well, so it's a it's I'll a player. No, it's I appreciate it. Look, it's a player league. I mean, more than any other league, the NBA is a player league, and guys go recruit other guys, and the players have all the power. You know, th- this is going to be fascinating when this is going to be fascinating when the next CBA comes along, and how much you know pull that the players have with everything. You know, this is this is going to be fascinating when the next CBA comes along and how much pull because right now the players dictate everything. You know, they get the supermax contracts. I mean, I mean, look, the reality is if you've got a supermax guy, just forget anything else. Just the financial status of a guy like that. You know, first off, you can only trade and have, I think it's two Supermax guys on your roster. But when you're a $46, $48 million player on the cap, how many teams can take you? So I'm not saying that this is the, the, the thing with Trey, but if you have a Supermax guy and he kind of flames out, you're stuck with him. Because who's going to pick up that kind of salary? And then you have to still have something comparable back to match up with it. You can't just give away... Three draft picks for a $48 million player, for a $46 million player. It just doesn't work like that in the NBA. And so if you have a guy, you're stuck with him. That, and, and I'm, I'll say it like this with John Collins. I, I, I've heard from different people that said that general managers aren't necessarily picking up the phone because they're looking at John Collins, and he's like a 13-7 guy, and, yeah, he's a nice player, but is he worth $75 million for the rest of his contract? Is, is he worth $75 million the rest, the life, for the rest of the life of his contract? No. And, and that's, what, that's what general managers and things like that think about. It's not a matter of maybe that the Hawks aren't willing to move him or part ways with him or whatever. But there is a financial reality to what you can do with some of those guys. And when they get that big money, you better make sure it's the right guy and the right fit for your organization. And, you know, it's funny. Again, a few years ago, everybody was bulletproof on this team. Trey Young was bulletproof. He was the hottest, sexiest thing in the league, coming off the Eastern Conference Finals, could do no wrong. Nate McMillan was the sexy coach. He's the guy turning the corner in Atlanta. And it's going to be sunshine and roses from here on out. Fast forward a couple few years, and it's bottoming, bottom, bottoming out. Bottoming out. How, am I, how do I say that word? Bottoming out. Is that the right way to bottoming say it? Bottoming out? Yes. Yeah, you're good. Can't, I, I, my speech is still screwed up. But it's – I mean, just think about where we were just a few short years ago for this organization. It's just crazy. It's just crazy to think about how far – 
everything has kind of fallen apart. And look, Tony Wrestler's Tony Wrestler, I think, wants to win. I, I, I for well, I know for a fact he wants to win. I, I, I know for a fact that he wants to win. He wants to bring a championship here. But sometimes you don't make the right decision. Sometimes you don't know the right people to listen to. Sometimes you get caught up in different things. Tony Wrestler's paid a lot of money for this roster. Clint Capella's well paid. John Collins is well paid. DeAndre Hunter's well paid. Trey Young is a super max guy. And if he decides to keep DeJounte Murray around, he'll be a well-paid guy because he's going to be pushing toward max money. But right now, the return, the rate of return, the ROR, as we say, in the business world, rate of return on this roster is just, it's just not happening. And then you factor in all the injuries and everything like that, how many man games have been lost and Maybe it's not as bad as some other teams, but for this group of guys, you can't afford to have all kinds of guys out. You can't afford to have guys that are 58, 66-game players. You have to have your starting lineup playing in the 70s. Maybe not in the 80s, but everybody has to be on the starting five in the low 70s as far as amount of games played. And now we're already talking about John Collins might be out Friday. Concussion protocol and this, that, and the other, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, like we're, we keep going through the same spin cycle, right? We keep going through all the same spin cycle and, and nothing is changing with it. And if this thing tanks for the rest of the year, I think Tony Russell is going to blow this thing up. He might keep Trey and another piece or two, but I, I think he's going to blow this thing up and, and it'll be mandated that. They've got to make trades. They've got to dump salary. They've got to do things that get this franchise on track. May not be the right thing to do. May not be the right thing, and people may not want to hear that. But if it's not going in the right direction, then you either got to kind of reset things or you need to find that magic bullet for it all. All right, NFL Squib Kick, when we get back, top of the hour, Chuck in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 910 The Game, Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 